Good morning, church. My name is Tim Power. I'm one of the pastors here at Salem, and uh, it is awesome to see you here. And I'm excited about what God is going to do in this place, in this time. Uh, I believe that God has a plan and a purpose for everybody. Uh, for everybody, uh, w- without exception, uh, but when we're seeking God's face, I think that God speaks to us. And so I want you to have some expectation in your heart right now. Not that I'm going to say anything profound, because you'll be waiting a really long time if that's the case. Um, but that God, when we open up our scripture, the scriptures, God's scriptures, that God is going to speak to us. Um, and so I, w- I w- just want us to have that expectation that God wants to communicate to his people um, and that God's going to show us the next right thing for each of us to do in our lives. The next right thing. So I've kind of given up on this idea uh, a while ago that I had that God was going to give me a five-year outline for the next five years, everything I was supposed to do and how I was supposed to do it. And I've started just praying, God, show me the next right thing that you want me to do and then help me to do it. And so that's what I'm kind of praying for right now. God, just show us all the next right thing that you have for us today. And I believe that God will guide us. Amen? Okay, so we are in week two of a sermon series, and it's called Quit. Um, really inspirational title, right? Um, I, so if you look at, if you go to Barnes & Noble and look at all the self-help books, um, you're probably going to see uh, in America in 2022 a lot more books with titles such as Winning or Conquering or Victory. But see, in the kingdom of God, things are a little bit different. They, they, they work differently. Uh, uh, it's like Jesus has this upside-down kingdom. And um, in the kingdom of God, sometimes we win by giving up. In fact, what is the symbol of Christianity? If, if The cross. Okay, so if the cross is our symbol, the cross is the greatest symbol of victory in Christianity. And yet, what is it? It's the central story of our faith. That even though while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. When we deserve punishment, Jesus quit. He gave up his life so that we could have, yes, eternal life someday, but also victorious, abundant life right now. See, it was victory through surrender, victory through quitting, right? That's at the heart of Christianity is victory through giving up. So... If that's at the heart of Christianity, it's also going to be the heart of what we're going to talk about in this sermon series. There are things in our lives that God wants us to give up in order for us to become the people that God created us to be. So last week, Pastor Terry talked about how we need to quit being afraid of what others think, that we need to find our truest identity in our Savior, Jesus Christ. And today, I'm going to talk about something that I will be honest I'm preaching to myself probably more so than to anybody here or in our online community um, because it's something I struggle with, and it's this. Quit denying anger, sadness, and fear. Quit denying anger, sadness, and fear. I don't know about you, but for me, I don't think of anger or sadness or fear as Christian emotions. How about you? I think of them as problematic emotions. Um, I, I, I kind of, I don't know, maybe it's, it's how I was raised, maybe it's just the culture that I grew up in. I, I, 
I thought that those were things we were supposed to avoid, anger, sadness, and fear. And, and so when they do come up in my life, I just try to do what I can to quiet them. And you notice I didn't say deal with them. I said quiet them. How can I escape from this painful emotion? How can, I'm angry, I'm sad, I'm afraid. How can I escape right now, this moment, this feeling? Does anybody else feel that way? How can I get out? So I've even found that this affects me in my parenting. So I have three, uh, three boys, ages 8, 12, and 14, soon to be 15. Wow. Oh, my goodness. I'm so, so old. Um, so here's how this kind of affects me in my parenting. Uh, a little while back, my, or actually, this was just last week, uh, my 8-year-old son, he got a book from the library that he requested a while ago. He's really into these Magic Treehouse books, okay? He's, he just goes through them so quickly. And um, so he had gotten number 22 in the series. There's a lot of books in this series. And so he, he had requested this book. It had just come in. He was so excited. And I said, so, so are you going to start that book today? And he said, no, no. And he had a whole plan. And this was his plan. He said, I'm going to start reading it on February 22nd. Because then I'll be reading book 22 on 2-22-22, which is a Tuesday. <laughs> so to say that he was excited would be an understatement. Uh, but then my wife, uh, you know, she, she heard him say this and she said, well, well wait, Jack, we, we can't keep it that long because... There's other people who requested that book. You can start it now and you can read it now, but we're going to have to return it. Um, to say that Jack was disappointed would be an understatement. Um, he felt in that moment kind of this, this tiny devastation. And, and when I saw how sad it made him, you know what? I got uncomfortable. And I felt bad. And, and I went into, and I, maybe I'm not the only parent who does this, I went into fix-it mode fix it. I want to fix this problem. And, and so, so I, I just, I went to my wife and I was like, you know what? I'm sure the other kids can wait. The other kids will be fine if they don't get it right on time. Come on, let's, let's just keep it past the due date. And my wife looked at me and she said something uh, profound. She said, it's not our job as parents to break the rules so our kids can be happy in every moment of every day. She's smart, right? Um, just think of what kind of psychopaths I would raise <laughs> if it were up to me. Sometimes we're sad and that's okay. Sometimes we're angry and that's okay. Sometimes we're afraid and that's okay. And if you get nothing else from the message today, I want you to hear this. It's okay to not be okay. Okay? It's okay to not be okay. In fact, those things, they don't make you a bad Christian. It doesn't make you a bad parent or a spouse or a leader to experience this full range of emotions. In fact, God can use these really difficult, hard emotions to make us more loving, empathetic, and emotionally healthy people. So earlier, uh, you might have been confused by the scripture reading. We had three readings from three different gospels. They were short readings, uh, but there were a lot of them from the Gospels of Matthew, John, and Luke. So thank you, Sharifa, for reading those 
uh, as we kicked off this sermon. So the Gospels are books in the Bible that tell us the story of Jesus' life. And in the first reading, we heard where Jesus goes into the temple. That would be like church to us. Uh, and he sees people selling things, basically turning it into a for-profit marketplace. And, and you know what? It should have been a place of worship. And this made him so mad. He gets downright violent. He starts whipping people, chasing them out. He starts overturning tables. If you made an action figure of this version of Jesus, it would be the table-flipping Jesus. In the second passage, it was from John 11. So, and just to recap that, we see Jesus angry. Did you know Jesus got angry? In the second passage from John 11, Jesus' close friend Lazarus had died. Now, Jesus knew that Lazarus was sick, but he didn't go to see him right away. And by the time that he did, he was gone. When he gets there, Lazarus' sister is angry with Jesus, pretty much blames him for Lazarus' death. Said that if he would have come earlier, this wouldn't have happened. And, and this is where we encounter the shortest verse in the Bible. Do you know what it is? Jesus wept. Now, a quick aside, the, the Gospel of John, where this comes from, uh, was probably the last gospel written. And some scholars, they call it the spiritual biography of Jesus. That's because it talks a whole lot more about who Jesus is, specifically that he is divine. It starts with this idea that in the beginning was the word. That's Jesus. And the word was with God and the word was God. So it's talking about Jesus' divinity all through the book. And yet this book the same one that, that presents a transcendent Jesus is the same one where we see Jesus at his most human. Jesus wept. So we've seen Jesus can get angry. We've seen that Jesus cried, that he was sad. And then the last passage from Luke, we find Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, just hours before he surrendered his life to be crucified for my sins. And he was afraid. The Son of God was afraid. See, it's okay to not be okay. And if you ever doubt that, you don't need to look any further than just the life of Jesus. So when I was in high school, uh, there became this popular thing amongst uh, Christian kids in youth groups. We started wearing these. Uh, I don't even know if I had one of them, but I saw them all the time in, in, uh, in, in youth group. WWJD bracelets. Did anybody ever see those? WWJD bracelets. Do you know what WWJD stands for? What would Jesus do? And, and you know, that's a great question. I, I still love that idea because as followers of Jesus, we've got to ask that question. What would Jesus do? In every situation, what would Jesus do so that we can hopefully act somewhat like our Savior? But, but you know, I, I usually don't even think about Jesus having emotions like me. I don't even think about what Jesus would do in the situations that we read about. And, and so I don't think about when I confront situations, maybe Jesus would have messier emotions than I would attribute to Jesus. So if you think about it, if you walked into a church and they basically had turned it into casino, WWJD, what would Jesus do? So I would think, Ah, oh, well, he's gentle, he's meek, he's mild. He would probably go around smiling meekly to people and not cause trouble, right? Is that what happened? Not at all. 
And if I lost somebody close to me, WWJD, well, Jesus would probably be stoic and strong, right? Is that what happened? Not at all. And, and if I was called upon to confront the most difficult situation I ever faced in my entire life, like Jesus did in the Garden of Gethsemane, WWJD. Well, I would probably quote some Bible verse. I'd probably say, fear not, because the Bible does say that a lot. But is that what Jesus experienced in the Garden of Gethsemane? Just, just a trite thing like that. Fear not. No, Jesus experienced tr- anguished fear. It said that he, it was like drops of blood coming out of him. But, you know, he felt the fear, and he moved through fear and courage, and he fulfilled his mission and saved us. How did he do that? Surrender. It's okay to not be okay. These emotions, anger, sadness, fear, they are not sinful. I want to say that again. They are not sinful. However, they can lead to sin when we don't handle them in the right way when we don't handle those emotions in the right way. Often, when we feel anger, we lash out in abusive and hurtful ways. I know that when I feel sadness, I try to escape. Maybe I try to isolate, or maybe I try to eat three adult-sized bags of M&Ms from QT. That was strangely specific, wasn't it? (laughs) And when we're afraid, we can respond in all sorts of unhealthy ways that can be damaging and harmful to others, and that, that, it could be sinful. So how do we quit denying these emotions but deal with them in healthy ways? Well, author and pastor Jerry Scazzaro, she's written several books about emotionally healthy spirituality, and she gives us these three guidelines for how to quit denying anger, sadness, and fear, and I'm going to put these up for you to see. The first one is feel your feelings... The second is to think through your feelings. And the third is to take appropriate action. So feel your feelings, think through your feelings, take appropriate action. I want to briefly go over each of these. So the first, feel your feelings. That means don't try to escape them. Don't deny them. Try to remain present with your feelings. One thing that I've found as I've tried and failed and tried again to live this out is that the longer you spend in these emotions, you find that the ones you were most afraid of don't last as long as you thought they would. The discomfort that comes with those emotions, it doesn't last as long as you think it will. The strongest and sharpest parts of these emotions will pass quickly if you sit with them. Allow yourself to be present. Not try to escape, not try to run away, but to be present. Sometimes if you're in a period of your life where you're experiencing these kinds of emotions on a regular basis, it could be helpful to keep a journal to better understand what you feel and to process through it. You might also find it's helpful to pray through emotions, to pray your way through emotions. Um, Pastor Tim Keller uh, did a whole sermon series about praying through difficult emotions. And one of the sermons was praying your anger, praying your sadness, praying your fears. 
Psalm 62, 8 says this, trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts to him. See, God is not afraid of your emotions. God wants you to feel things deeply and express those things. And prayer is a great place to do that. So the first thing, feel your feelings. The second is this, think through your feelings. Think through your feelings. Henry Nouwen once remarked that we ought to spend 50% of our time living our lives and the other 50% reflecting on how it's being lived. 50% living and the other 50% reflecting on how we're living. See, if we spend more time thinking about our feelings, actually just thinking about what we're feeling, we may not be so hasty to just react to our feelings. If we spend more time thinking about them, then we won't react in the moment, and that often leads to those sinful behaviors that we were talking about. We're to feel our feelings, but that's not always mean, that doesn't always mean that we follow our feelings. Proverbs uh, 19.2 says this, desire without knowledge is no good. How much more will hasty feet miss the way? We need to slow down and, and think about our feelings. Maybe ask the question, what are the reasons I'm feeling this way right now? That, that might actually help us to take the next step, which is this, taking the appropriate action. Can we put those three back up? Take the appropriate action. Let's just leave those up for a couple minutes. Um, now, this step is going to be different in every single circumstance. But if you felt your emotions, if you taken the time to think through your emotions and process them, you might be ready to take appropriate, healthy actions. So perhaps you need to honestly address what you're feeling with another person who's involved in this situation. Maybe you just need to come clean and be honest. This is how I'm feeling right now. Or perhaps you need more time to gather information and think through alternatives. Or maybe you need to talk to a trusted friend or an advisor or a counselor or a therapist. You may need to spend an extended period of time with God seeking and asking. But remember, it's okay. It's okay to not be okay. In fact, when we experience these painful emotions and we can process them and handle them in an appropriate, healthy way, we actually become more useful disciples of Jesus Christ. Um, I'm going to close with a quick story um, I'm going to invite the band back up to the stage because they're going to close with a song in a moment. You remember I mentioned my, my eight-year-old son, Jack, earlier. Uh, I told that story. See, in that story, I, I was so focused on protecting his emotions that I didn't even think about the fact that God might have a plan of how to redeem his emotions in a powerful way. See, God is in the redemption business. Did you know that? What the enemy means for evil, God uses for good. So, so I want to close with this story. Um, during the COVID-19 pandemic, I know it's touched so many lives. Probably so many folks in this room have, have, gone, through, uh, have gone through difficult times because of it. Well, my wife, my wife Jessica, her, her uncle, Dan, uh, he passed away back in 2020 because of COVID. Um, and after he passed away, we invited his, his, his widow, uh, Jesse's Aunt Libby, over for dinner. And uh, she came over, and she was, she, she was struggling 
And this is, we, we wanted uh, to be there for her because she was really struggling at this time. So we had her over. Uh, she was so devastated because she had lost Dan and, and they had actually met a little bit later in life when they were in their 50s and they were perfect for each other. And they had so many plans, so many things they were still going to do together. Um, and then one day Dan gets a little under the weather and then suddenly he's in the hospital and then she couldn't even go see him in the hospital and, and then suddenly he's gone. And, and her life is never gonna be the same again. Um, so anyway, like I said, we had Libby over for dinner and we eat and our, our three boys, they were very polite, but you know, uh, I, I'm sure you love hanging out with your, your 50 year old aunt, you know, when you're a kid. <laughs> and so, so they, they sat and they were nice, but then every, uh, after dinner, the kids scatter and, and go off and, and do what kids do. And then, uh, it's just my wife and I at the table with Libby and she starts talking about Dan and starts talking about what she's going through and, and how hard this has been. And, and she just starts sobbing and she's crying. And I, our, our eight-year-old, I guess he heard it from the other room because he comes up uh, to Libby while she's crying and he taps her on the shoulder and he says this to her. He looks her in the eyes and says, it's hard to be sad. It's really hard to be alone. Yeah, and for one minute, Libby's tears stopped flowing, and, and she looked at him, and she said, yeah, it, it's really hard. See, sometimes I buy into this false notion that it is my job to protect my kids from anger and sadness and fear, but that's not true because feeling these things actually can make us more loving people. It can make us more compassionate people. It can make us people who can reach out and touch somebody on the shoulder and say, I've been through what you've been through. I've felt what you've felt, just like Jesus did when he came and became a human being and took on flesh and felt what we felt to the point of giving up his life so that we could have eternal life. It's okay to not be okay. And, you know, being a Christian, following Jesus doesn't mean we won't experience anger or sadness or fear. But what it does mean is that we're never going to experience those things alone. 